0: Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Thank
1: you. you. Oh, good morning. Wow. Look what the Lord has done here. The last time I was here, I was in the tent, wasn't I? Yeah. It's kind of a special place to minister. But this, wow, well done, team. Thank you, Lauren. Stephen, Lindy, thank you for whew, just uh, your leadership as well, and just team, and Dan and Blake, and Justin. Just really proud of you proud of you. I, I took a little video this morning sent, sent it off to uh, Bill Johnson, Chris Vallotton wanted them to know what they were missing <laughs> bummer for you you're in Redding <laughs> I've got a team with me, they're going to help me close ladies, why don't you stand up got Lauren and Lisa and Debbie uh, They've all two of them are in their third year of Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry and Annalisa works for Igniting Hope Ministries and so she's part of my staff and yeah just uh, I'm going to minister a message today uh called I'm winning too. Just say I'm winning too. I I've got seven grandchildren. Yeah and my oldest, Caden, he's just about 16, and when he was about three, we were in a park in Redding, California, where I live. I'm on staff at Bethel, and, and he, his parents were, it, we needed to go. It was a park that closes at dusk. It was getting dark, and he was kind of slow back on the trail, and I was here, and, uh, and everybody else was up there, and so I needed to motivate my grandson to speed up hmm Anybody ever been there? So I, I used these words to motivate him. I said, Caden, let's race. Ha <laughs> ha. No movement. So I I needed I, I knew I needed to turn it up to a higher level of motivation and inspiration so I said these words, Caden, I'm winning. (laughs) And and without moving at all, Caden said these words, I'm winning too. (laughs) Just say, I'm winning too. Man, I, I thought to myself, this guy's in last place. And he thinks he's a winner. <laughs> when I grow up, I want to be like him. Many of us, well, by the way, he wasn't, he wasn't in the same race as his grandpa was in. He wasn't in the same race of seeing who could get to the car the fastest. He was in the race of what three-year-olds do. Looking at, whoo, look at this rock. Woo-hoo, Bird leaf he was winning and, and, and many of us think we're losers because we don't know what race we're in we, we think we're in the race let's just laugh at some of these races that we might think we're in <clears throat> we might think that we're in the race of being the most beautiful or handsome ha 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 ha! Let's give an extra laugh on that one. Ha, 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 ha. We we think we're in the race of having the most money.
2: Ha, ha ha ha
1: ha ha We think we're in the race of having the the best possessions. Ha ha! Or the nicest home. Ha ha! Or oh, this is a good one. <laughs> we, we think we're in the race of having the most followers on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> if we don't know what race we're in, we, 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 we might think we're a loser. I mean, so, you know, I was thinking about that, and some, some you know, many of you are, are in a season where you're going higher. You're going higher. And it's like a sports team. Let's see, where am I? I always gotta get culturally relevant. Um, Okay, okay. All right, like the Southeast Conference in college football. Is that where, yeah, or or is it the Atlantic Coast Conference? You got, no, okay, all right. Okay, thank you. Ooh, uh, so some some triggers there. Yeah, <laughs> just we just speak healing and forgiveness. <laughs> I mean, you got Georgia. <clears throat> you know, I mean, well, the, the Bulldogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, And I mean, it, and let's let's say a team. You know, just uh, the University of Nevada Wolf Pack football fan and, and they're they're in the lowly conference called the Mountain West Conference. Let's laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> they're just You know, if they if they moved into the SEC and started playing Alabama, Georgia and yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how many of you know they'd probably start losing? Mm-hmm. And they might think, I need to reduce, we, we, need, we, we are failures, so we need to go, go down to the competition where we're always winning. Someone say boo to that. And i it's just feeling even prophetically that, that people, uh, when you go to a higher level, there's people in the room, you've gone to a higher level. The Lord's increasing your load-bearing capacity. He's increasing uh, what what you're able to carry emotionally. And and in that, usually when we first start competing at that level, we feel like we're losing. And so there's a tendency to want to self-sabotage our life down to the level where we're always winning. Anytime you go higher, there's going to be a season where you feel like you're losing emotionally, losing relationally. And, and the Lord, I just hear the Lord saying this, because if you stay competing at that level, you'll start winning. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I think that's a word for you. <laughs> so I'm winning too. By the way, I just, I just love the worship. Did anybody else love the worship today? Woo, man, oh, man. It was just uh, it was so powerful. I and mean, we started off singing, all your promises are yes and amen. Ah, I love that. I, I used to get irritated at worship leaders because they would have me sing the same phrase over and over again. I think I want to move on. And the Lord said, Steve, that's the only way I can get you to say it. <laughs> the only way I can get you to say something higher than what you're feeling and experiencing is if there's music. I want to get you to say it without music. I want, I want you to start speaking life. I want you to start believing something higher than what you're feeling and experiencing. and 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 just... Yeah, you know, I love the fact that we were doing that and, and we were just saying all your promises are yes and amen and we were, we were magnifying the Lord. Psalm 34, verse 3 doesn't say, oh, magnify the problem with me. <laughs> I've been in some prayer meetings where they've magnified the problem so much. They've talked about their, pro- they just talked me right into unbelief. Give me the facts and then let's magnify the Lord before we pray. Now, we can't make God any bigger, but we can see him bigger. The media wants to magnify the problem. And if we feed consistently on the media, it makes the problem bigger and God smaller. Smaller. He's not smaller, but he's just smaller in our eyes. And, and I, I just hear this, that Bethel Atlanta has a, has a high level anointing on it to magnify the Lord. <laughs> to magnify the Lord through worship, through testimony, through revelation. And, and there's people within this, within the sound of my voice who are gonna go into the media or already in the media who are gonna radically transform the media. Someone say amen to that. Just a couple other things and then I wanna get into this message on I'm winning too. Um, I heard, as I was praying for you, I heard Cambodia, Uruguay, and Germany opening up in greater ways. I heard someone easy to overlook is the answer. Samuel went to Jesse's house, said, Eliab, surely it's Eliab. No, someone easy to overlook. It was really David. Someone who's in a purity battle. God's gonna is, is giving you a new idea for the purity battle, and you're not only going to set yourself free, you're going to set multitudes free. I'm hearing that prayer meetings in high schools and college campuses in this this region that there's going to be campus prayer meetings that are going to ignite like never before. Whew. And I hear that Isaiah 35 has the answer. All right. Say I'm winning too. I want, I want to start uh, this looking at numbers 13, We've got a number of Bible verses for you today in I believe the Lord's going to speak a now word, a now word for us. And in Numbers 13, uh, Moses and the children of Israel are are at the edge of the promised land. And it says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out. Say "Spy spy out. Spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Say, say, God has already given me land. And so this is a fascinating story. Numbers 13 and 14 is uh, one of my favorite two chapters in the whole Bible. And Moses sends out 12 spies to spy out the promised land. And, and they come back after 40 days to give a report. Now, 10 of them, the 10 spies, somebody say, Boo. Ten of them did not understand their assignment. Ten of them thought they were to come back with a conclusion on whether they could win or not. That wasn't their assignment. God says, I've already given you that land. And what I want you to do is I want you to go there and understand the opponent, understand your competition, scout out your competition so that you can get a battle plan of how to defeat them. And they didn't understand that, but, but Joshua and Caleb did. Someone say yay for Joshua and Caleb. Yeah. Now they came back, and it's so fascinating that, that two groups of people saw the exact same set of circumstances and put a different conclusion on what they saw. The 10 spies said, it's a good place, but we're not able. We're a victim of the hour we live in. The problems are too great. But Joshua and Caleb said, let us go up at once. We are well able to overcome it. Say, we are well able to overcome it. Say it again. Say it louder. By the way, those, both those who think they can and those who think they can't are both right. And so they... The, the 10 spies misunderstood what their assignment was. Now, now, in the old covenant, there were literal giants that needed to be defeated that were in the promised land. Just because God's given you a promise doesn't mean you're not going to have to fight for it. In the new covenant, and then one of the main points that I want to make is in the new covenant... We, we don't face literal giants. The, the giants that need to be defeated are mindsets. Our mindsets. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. It's the most quoted spiritual <clears throat> warfare passage in the whole Bible. And, and as you look at it, you, you realize that it's not talking about demonic regional principalities. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Say mighty. Mighty. But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking, bringing every thought, say "Every every thought, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So the most quoted spiritual warfare passage in the Bible is not talking about regional demonic principalities, it's talking about our own thinking. the, the greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are in our own thinking. Many of you know the story of, of Gideon in Judges six through eight, and it's a fascinating story of a man who didn't know who he was and an angel gives him a prophetic word, and, and ultimately he saved a nation with 300 people. You don't need a lot of people to save a nation. And, but in that story, the, the problem wasn't Baal worship, wasn't the backslidden Christians, backslidden believers, let's put it that way. The problem was that the Midianites who were oppressing them, which represented governments. The the problem wasn't uh, a demonic regional principality, even though we don't discount that. The problem was how Gideon was thinking. The future of the nation of Israel was locked up in Gideon's thinking. And once Gideon thought right, the nation got saved. And Gideon, once he pulled down his own strongholds through the word of God, what God said to him, the nation got saved. Now, you you know why it's called a stronghold? Because it has a stronghold. Kind of profound. But the only command that's given in that passage in 2 Corinthians 10 is to take thoughts captive. The highest level of spiritual warfare is the decision to think higher than what you're feeling and experiencing. Let me say it again. The highest level of spiritual warfare is the decision to think higher than what you're feeling and experiencing. It's called faith. I remember I told the Lord when, uh, when I was really battling with my beliefs and emotions and I said, you know, basically the Lord says, Steve, I want you to think higher. I said, Lord, how about this? I'll make a deal with you. When things start getting better in my life, I'll start believing better. <laughs> Is that okay with you? He said, no. (laughs) He said, no, that's not okay with me because that's not how this thing works. It's not how this thing works. This thing about faith is you believe and see. It seems so simple but so profound. I used to say, well, I'll believe after I see. Let's laugh at that. (laughs) Ha-ha truly noble of you Steve you believe after you see <laughs> you're a great man of fact <laughs> we applaud that <laughs> Romans 12 2 one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible and do not be conformed to this world someone say amen to that man Woo-hoo, Yes. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that Good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, transformation is another word that we can use for our promised land. That's really what transformation is. It's that that's experiencing promises. And I mean, there's basically two ways the Bible talks about being transformed, I mean, New Testament. One is through mind renewal, and I'll give you another verse in a moment. But this this whole thing about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It doesn't say be transformed by trying harder. And I'm all for trying harder. But we aren't transformed by just surrendering our hearts. We're transformed by surrendering our beliefs. And surrendering our hearts is essential. But breakthrough for so many hasn't come because they think their problem is they haven't given their heart, God, their heart enough. And we grew up, Wendy and I, my wife grew up under that mindset. And you know, she's in prayer once just with that I guess there's something, just haven't given you enough because I'd see more transformation. She's, she's crying out, God, I give you my heart. I give you my heart. I guess I don't know how to give you my heart. Just take my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord says, Wendy, I have your heart. Now I need your mind. <laughs> Whoo! Now I need you to surrender how you think. The only time I used to think right was in the worship service and prayer meeting. Amen, Waymaker. Even if I don't see him working, he's way I Say, man, whoo, yeah, I said it, sing that part 20 times. Hey, I actually now believe that. I, I don't need to see him working to believe he's working. I believe that. But then after the worship service and prayer meeting, I was pessimistic, victim mindset, insecure, unworthy, full of shame. Someone turned the music back on so I can think right. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha! So we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. There's another word, transformed. Second Corinthians three eighteen. I'll just throw this in, and because really, I mean, there's a Greek word called, called metamorphou. It's it's the word that's translated transformed. And Romans twelve two. It's it's translated transfigured. Jesus transfigured twice, and then it appears here. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 3:18 but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord say the glory, the, Lord, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the Lord now by the way transformation is another word for our promised land and it's, it's progressive. It says from glory to glory. It's not something we're in. We, 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 we defeat things to get in there, and I'll talk about that. But I love to say this. I mean, there's two main ways to be transformed. One is through mind renewal, and the other is through beholding his glory. And we need both. You know, Wendy and I, Wendy's a beholder you know, she, when we were pastoring, she'd kind of the attitude, Steve, we don't need the, met, we don't need the sermon today. All we need is to continue worship and beholding him because we're going to be changed. I was thinking during worship at Song, can't wait for this to get over so we can get to the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but we've influenced each other. We need both. I need to be a mind, radical mind renewer. I need to be a bad, radical beholder. If you're a mind renewer without being a beholder, you, you're probably uh, into formulas. You're not in touch with your own emotions. And, and there's a disconnect. If you're a, a, a beholder without being a mind renewer, you're probably think everything you feel is true. Let's laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Ha 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 ha. Whew. Just breathe in, Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> ah, yeah. Ephesians six seventeen. Part of the armor of God. <clears throat> and it says, then take up the helmet of salvation and then. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. All right, so the only offensive weapon in all of the armor of God is the sword of the spirit. It's the thing that causes us to move forward and not just be defensive. And it's it's called the sword of the spirit. I love that because it needs to not be the letter. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. But it's called a sword because we're supposed to kill something with it. Uh, Not people. <laughs> I'm to <gonna> clarify <laughs> just in case anybody <laughs> extracts a part of this message. <laughs> 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 no, we're supposed to fight with it. And it's take up this sword of spirit, which is the word of God the Greek word for word there is rhema and there's two main Greek words that are translated in the English version word one is logos one is rhema logos is the basically the overall word of God rhema is that which God has made real to you and you fight with it you fight with it and it's the same word that's used in Matthew 4.4 4, where it says man shall not live by bread alone but by every what? Every word that proceeds in the mouth of God. Every rhema. I live by identifying what I believe God has told me. The more I can identify I believe God's told me this is the more I'll live. I can put up with a lot of junk if I've got a word from the Lord. I can put up with a lot of uncertainty for the future if I've got a word from the Lord. I can put up with a lot of outward non-success if I've got a word from the Lord. But I can't put up with anything if I don't have a word, because the only way I can live is if things are going well. And by the way, I just—you're—you're you're in a season. I'm hearing this. You're in a season of revelation of what God is saying to you individually like never before. And you're going to take it up as a sword. You fight with it. You fight with it. And let's go to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And what we fight is we fight lies that are creating negative strongholds that I call negative mindsets. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except as is common to man. But God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. faithful. Who will, will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear up under it. Now, it's interesting. It says, no temptation has come upon you except which is common to man. Now, the greatest temptations that we face is not behavioral wrongdoing. It's believing lies. The, the main weapon that the devil has, the devil's the father of all what? Lies. Lies. That that's his weapon. It says in in Ephesians 6, it says, take up the shield of faith, take up the shield of good beliefs, wherewith you can quench how many of the fiery darts? All. Now his fiery darts are lies. He's constantly lying to us. All you know, all he has is a mouth. He's been defeated and disarmed. He has no feet and no arms. <laughs> Thought I'd just try that here in Georgia. <laughs> Thanks, some of you gave me a courtesy laugh. <laughs> His weapon's alive, so no temptation. Because when he, when, even when he tempted Adam and When he tempted Eve in the garden, the first temptation was to believe a lie about God. Once she believed a lie about God, it led to her, the the action of eating the fruit. So the greatest temptations are to believe lies about who God is, who we are, about our future, uh, et cetera. And look at... um, let me give you one more verse, and then let, I'm going to get into something right here. 1 Timothy 1.18. 1 Timothy. Paul is talking to a young leader. Timothy. This charge I commit to your son, Timothy, according to the prophecies. Say prophecies. Wow. Prophecies previously made concerning you that by them you may wage the good what? Yeah. Good warfare. So, Paul told a young leader named Timothy, You've been given prophecies. And prophecy is another word that we could use kind of like you've got some rhema words. You've got some things you believe God has told you through other people, through hearing directly from the Lord. They're supported in scripture. But he says, War a good warfare with those, fight. Just say, I'm a fighter. And by the way, you war a good warfare. How many of you know warring a good warfare is you win that warfare? <laughs> so here's the thing. Now, let me, let me, get, let, we're going to get right now in, in some nitty gritty right now. How, what do we do with all this? We take up the sword of the Spirit. Now, so what are these mindsets that are standing in our promised land that we're to defeat? Let me just list a few of these. Um, disappointment and let me say it this way how many of you know okay, we go back to numbers 13 and Moses said go spy out the land find out what your competition is and what their tendencies are again like in sports we're in the middle of some of you are basketball fans march madness etc how many of you know that it would be stupid for a team that's playing another team, for the coach of one team to say, I don't need to scout out my competition. I just coach by faith. No, you, you, you wanna know, you wanna understand what's their strengths, weaknesses, tendencies, and then you get a plan that's for that. Now, as a young leader, I, I, didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't know who who was in the game. Someone just, I just thought the devil was, you know, yep, just, just rebuke the devil and you'll have victory. I didn't really understand what I had to face as a Christian or as a leader and what I was to kill. And because just like a basketball coach, if you don't know what the other team's gonna do, you're gonna become reactive. Time out, time out! Oh, time out! They've got a seven foot five center I didn't know about. Oh, time out! What are we gonna do? That's how my young leadership used to be. Oh, time out! Someone's mad at me! Time out! Time out! I feel pessimistic. I think there's something wrong with me. (laughs) <laughs> I feel tired. Oh no! <laughs> I didn't know who was in the game. I, I, I didn't know that that these were the these were my opponents. Disappointment was my op- my opponent. No one told me. Hey Steve, you're gonna you get to kill the giant of disappointment because. No temptation has come upon you except which is common to man. Everybody feels it. Everybody. I like to laugh at things. Let's laugh at this. You are the only one who feels the way you feel. <laughs> ha, ha ha. Ha ha! Let's give an extra laugh at it. Ha, ha, ha ha ha, ha ha. That's ridiculous. No. disappointment, yep, he's in the game, he, we got to scout him out, yep, hmm yep, okay, yeah, yep, I'm going to feel disappointed with God, yes, everybody does, ha-ha, I'm going to feel disappointed with me, everybody does, I'm going to feel disappointed with leaders over me, yes, everybody else does too, yeah, ha-ha, ha-ha, I'm going to feel disappointed with people I'm leading. Yes, welcome to the club. (laughs) Welcome. We're glad to have you. (laughs) Nobody told me shame was in the game. Hey, that rhymes. Shame's in the game. Everybody battles shame. Everybody. Some maybe greater, but I mean, whether it's shame with how we look and our appearance Shame and how much education we got. Shame because of family dynamics we have. Shame because of possessions. I used to be, feel shame about the car I drove. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't realize. Wow, I get to kill shame. I get to use a sword. I get to use what God's told me in promise, and identity, direction. I wish somebody would have told me. Offense, everybody, we get to kill being offended. Woo hoo, ha <laughs> ha, yay. I feel offended, yes. <laughs> Feeling underappreciated, welcome to the club on well, that one too. Victim mindset. Yes, everybody gets to kill the victim mindset. I'm at a disadvantage because of this. I'm at a disadvantage. That's what the victim mindset says. You're at a disadvantage. Because of background, family, money, education, people I know or don't know, geographical location. Whatever it is, we all face the victim mindset. Others, unworthiness, discouragement, insecurity, fear, inferiority. All of us experience those. So what do we do? Well, I'll tell you some things I felt like the Lord told me to do. I remember it was in a season in the 90s where I was going after these mindsets beginning to understand that what I believed was the real problem how I was thinking was the real problem and I remember seasons where he would like the season when I was going after discouragement discouragement's in the game for all of us yep he's shouting at us you're a loser mm-hmm. It's not going to work for you. Yep. There's something uniquely wrong with you. <laughs> you know, that's what he, he's saying, things like that to us. And remember the Lord says, Steve, there, there's one common denominator in this discouragement. It's you. Mm-hmm. You always seem to be involved. <laughs> The circumstances are different, but you're you're always there. And he said this. He said your discouragement is a bigger problem than what you're discouraged about. Because there's always going to be something to be discouraged about for the rest of your life. So either you're just going to, you know, be a roller coaster Christian. I hope I, oh, I hope I don't have a feeling of discouragement come on me today. Oh, boy. I hope. Man, I hope that thing doesn't jump on me. I hope there's not a spirit of heaviness in the church. <laughs> he, he, these are the kind of things he told me. He said, Steve, when you start... Feeling discouraged, get excited. Yeah. Woo, yes! <laughs> I'm starting to feel discouraged again. Woo, yes! <laughs> yes, amen. This moment is more important to me than when I'm slain in the spirit. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> uh, someone just go, hmm, <laughs> Woo, because it, it is. It is. I'm always, I, I love powerful people to pray for me. I love that. But ultimately, my freedom doesn't depend on what the person who prays for me believes. It depends on what I believe. Yay. Ultimately, it doesn't depend on what they believe. I, I have to, the truth will make me free. Whoo! Ha, ha, ha. Something's happening right now. Somebody's getting breakthrough. Yep. remember the feeling insecure or feeling less than. Yep, I'd walk into a room feeling less than. Let's just laugh at that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, feel less than. Fueled by lies and fueled by past experience. The Lord said, I want you to get excited when you feel less than. Woo! Yes, there it is again. I'm starting to feel less than others. I get to pull my sword out. This is a moment. Shame. Oh, yeah, there it is. That feeling again. Yep, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I need to hold back. And by the way, I'm, I'm not saying if you have issues, don't get help. If you're hurting people, all that get get help, okay? But 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 what I'm saying is, is all of us are going to feel shame. All of us get to kill the giant of shame, disappointment, fear. And I, I just you know, I, it's like the Lord says, okay, Steve, that's that's the battle. I'm going to make you successful on the inside when you don't look successful on the outside. That's how God makes great leaders. God makes great leaders by making us successful on the inside when we don't look successful on the outside. Because success is not a goal to be attained, it's a state of being. Success is not a goal. Oh, I've got, I've got to reach this in order to... no. If that's our belief system, we're not a success. Success is, is a statement. And I'm not perfect in this. I celebrate progress, not perfection. But, but if we don't know what our problem is, we have a real problem. I didn't know what my problem was. the problem was people, money... Me. (laughs) Yep. No, the the, the problem was how I was thinking. I hadn't surrendered my thoughts to the Lord. And even this this morning, as I'm I'm talking about, I'm winning too. Just say "I'm I'm winning too. Say it again. I'm winning too. As we think about that, you know, Caden, he's he says. I say, Caden, I'm winning. He says, no, I'm winning too. What what I see happening here today is is I see God giving revelation about taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and learning, and I see God just learning. There's grace on you to fight. There's grace on you to fight. And, And... to learn how to inspire ourselves. We, we, I think I shared this last time. We, I played football in high school and on the North coast of California where I grew up, we had a losing culture <laughs> as a football team <laughs> in a place called Fortuna, Dan. Mm-hmm. Fortuna Huskies. And we got a new coach when I was a freshman. And he not only had strategy, he had fire. Someone say fire. fire. And I mean, he, he, he broke the losing culture off of us. Great leaders break the losing culture off themselves and then break losing cultures off the environments they're in. That's what great leaders do. <laughs> he, was, he was like a preacher. I mean, the, the coach, man, uh, he'd be in the locker room. Yep. we'd get our strategy. We'd scout out the opponent. Uh-huh, we got a plan. But then by the end he was shouting. And as I was there. Coach, open the door. Let me out of here. I've got to hit somebody. i so how about rip a locker off a wall? <laughs> <laughs> this message I'm talking about today is breaking passivity off of our lives I know there's times hey we need to get counseling we need to get help I I get that but I'll, I'll tell you this you know I wake up every morning I got this this thing called a declaration clicker this thing is spiritually flammable I'm not waiting for a negative feeling to come on me. I'm not, yeah, oh, well, I'm just going to live off. Discouragement comes on me, yep, then I'll do something. Well, you know, I mean, that's, that's good. But I, I, I am, I'm going on the offensive. I'm taking up the sword of the spirit, not just in defense. I'm going on offense. And pretty much every morning I wake up, I say, this is going to be the best day of my life yet, and I click. Because my goal is to make at least 100 declarations a day, minimum. Because I'm going to say something higher than what I'm feeling and experiencing. Because I'm going to build new strongholds. I'm not just trying to tear down old ones, pull down old ones. I'm I'm building some new ones. And most every morning, I said it this morning, man, you know, time change, and I didn't really want to get up, and alarm goes off. Oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> where am I <laughs> but I said it I didn't feel it but I said it this is going to be the best day of my life yet spiritually, emotionally, relationally, financially best day people say well you shouldn't say that Steve you should wait till your day is over and then use your words to describe your day let's laugh at that Listen, there's world changers in this room. There's key people watching online. There's key people within the sound of my voice. There's something on your life. You're a Joshua and Caleb of this generation. Two you are. You're one belief away from a tipping point. And, I mean, if it didn't work, if it wasn't the best day of my life, I'd... Like sports teams, sports teams that lose, who got fired up before the game, they don't say, well, that didn't work. Let's be more pessimistic before the next game. <laughs> now they know they're breaking the losing culture off of themselves. Caden said, I'm winning too. He, he didn't know it, but, but he, he didn't have a losing culture. I, I heard that. I, I said, I'm getting rid of my losing culture. Because he's already given me the land he's already given us you guys receive this message yeah hey if you guys were, if this if you feel like this was a message i'm gonna have my team come on up in a moment and they're gonna release some words over you that i'm excited about but if you believe this message was a message for you today and you want to see this message work powerfully in you because there's grace that's been released today, then just, just stand to your feet right now. Just stand to your feet. If you want, yeah, you say, yes, I acknowledge that you spoke to me, Lord, through this message, and I submit myself to this word, and I thank you, Lord, that you're working, you're working in me. If you receive this word, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. again. Something happened in me this morning. morning. It was supernatural. supernatural. It's gonna increase. It's gonna gonna influence the nations. I'm winning too. I'm more than a conqueror. conqueror. I've I've got what it takes. Nobody can say it like me I'm significant in what God's doing. Everywhere I go, revival breaks out. God's turning my past to good. He's meeting all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm in a season of breakthrough. Breakthrough in my emotions. Breakthrough in my relationships. Breakthrough in my finances. Breakthrough in my influence. I'm taking up the sword of the spirit. I'm warring a good warfare with the prophecies spoken over me. I'm already victorious. God's already given me the promises. And I'm a fighter. I've got grace on my life to fight like never before. And I celebrate progress, not perfection, on this journey. Amen, give God praise. Give him a shout of praise. Woo! Yay! Somebody say freedom! Say it again, freedom! Breakthrough, Breakthrough. fire, Fire. no limits. limits. Oh my, man. Why don't you guys be seated? I just preach myself happy. (laughs) Team, why don't you come on up and, yep, got great, great people here. Can I use another microphone? Is that possible, or how do I? The sound guys, grab this one. Yep, and you can turn that on, Debbie. Figure out how to get that thing going. All right, man. I will tell you. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> By the way, we got books out there. Uh, you got a slide you can put up for us. We got uh, before these ladies. Uh, start releasing some things. By the way, isn't my wife, Wendy, beautiful? Yeah. If you want to connect with us, uh, I do a weekly podcast, weekly blog. We do, we have online courses, on Uh If you want more of what you heard today, that QR code, you know what to do with that. You just put your camera up and then you can sign up for our newsletter. Here's a, a book by Wendy called Victorious Emotions. And and this this is a is a powerful book. And I wanna give it to you right here in the third row. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and what's your name? Alyssa. Alyssa? Hey, Alyssa, you know, I saw you and I just saw, man, you got such a great calling on your life and the Lord just loves you. And, and I hear that you're, you are a releaser of love encounters to other people and that your own experience of just, you know, just battling to experience the love of God is leading somewhere way bigger than you know. And you're important in what God's doing. You're gonna create a whole love movement. So we bless you. Yay, ha-ha, <laughs> woo-hoo. All right, so I got a team of three now. We got uh, Debbie and Lauren, our third year students from Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, yes. And, and then Annalisa, she did three years of school. Now she's working for Igniting Hope. We got Denmark, Michigan, Taiwan. <laughs> and I asked them to do this, to pray over you. And Debbie, I want to just ask you a question. What are you passionate about, by the way?
3: Oh, I'm so passionate about Jesus, but I'm also passionate about identity. People finding their their dominion and families.
1: Powerful. And what have you overcome or are overcoming in your life?
3: You know what? I've overcome a a lot of things, probably because of my age. (laughs) But addiction, and I have overcome depression, and I have overcome uh, family restoration. We had a broken family, and uh, and what I'm still working on is this journey with the Lord of just giving Him everything and saying, "Okay, if it's not Denmark, well, then it's the States," and uh, what that. Yes. you're
1: you're overcoming any fear about the future yes yes well put well thank you <laughs> uh why don't you just yeah why don't you share what you got yes yeah what did you as you prayed for bethel atlanta yeah what scripture did you get what were you hearing
3: do you know what i was actually hearing the song uh open yg gates be lifted ye doors and uh and i felt like um actually I, i'm I'm going to just do it here. I want to read it in the Passion quickly. Whoa, uh, who then is allowed to ascend to the mountain of Yahweh? And who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? So wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you doorways of eternity. Welcome the King of glory, for he is about to come through. You asked, who is the king of glory? Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. Yahweh, invincible in every way. And I heard that you have made a place for his presence, and the weightiness of his glory is here. I can feel it. You have birthed in sacrifice, and you now will reap and harvest. Rival has ar- uh, revival has arrived, and expansion is necessary. Sorry about that, guys. You might have to build out. <laughs> You send out fire starters to all nations.
1: Wow. Where where was that scripture at? That was,
3: thank you. Psalms 24, three to eight. Psalm
1: 24, three to eight. Yes. And it
3: was significant because it was David ushering in the Ark of the Covenant.
1: Wow. So good. Annalisa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you passionate about? Mm -hmm.
0: Definitely the prophetic and just being able to see for people to see just the gold in themselves but also in others that there's a, just a piece of God's nature in everyone that you meet regardless if they know Jesus or not yet that there's there's greatness in, in every single person.
1: I love that and what, what have you
0: overcome or are overcoming? <laughs> well <laughs> this message was for me this morning I'm winning too, but um, something that I'm currently overcoming is just another level of perfectionism, just overcoming that, and um, something I've overcome, uh, i just breakthrough, six years ago, I got set free from a several-year-long uh, addiction to pornography, so that, that's a huge breakthrough. Wow.
1: And you're getting married sometime soon? What date?
0: In June 4th.
1: Wow. All right, what do you got as you're praying for them? What do you have?
0: Yeah, as, as I was praying, I was just hearing that this church, uh, you're a conduit of his holiness. Just There's just been a whole theme about his holiness this whole morning and just even pressing in um, before this trip, just coming and getting uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, um, which is going from glory to glory, and I really believe that um, it, it's already begun. The movement of holiness has already begun, and uh, you're stepping into a three month season of just encountering his holiness in a whole new way that it's just a three month.
1: Did you say three month season?
0: Yeah. Three month season.
1: Three month season of what?
0: His holiness of just crashing Whoa. in. Whoa.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. <Yep. laughs> right. And I really believe that there's <laughs> like a
0: unique anointing for deliverance to come with that, with that whole movement as well. That people will just walk in. they'll Years of generational trauma, different things, it's just going to fall off them as soon as they enter these doors.
1: And what do you see as being the influence of that? Mm -hmm.
0: I think just as simply as as just, yeah, just the momentum of just pursuing Jesus. I I think it's just as simple as that. that It's already something that everyone's been doing, but I think that's just going to be the main thing.
1: Powerful. You guys, received these two words so far? Yeah. Yep. Hey, Lauren, why don't you move over here so you can get right? Because this is online as well, and we. All right, Lauren, how are you today? Good. What'd you What'd you think of this service?
2: It's awesome with all the decoration. Just to make wow, it powerful. Woo-hoo. And I see the spirit it up just now.
1: Yes, and so. What are you passionate about?
2: Uh, I'm passionate about identity, creativity, prophetic and also empower women and children. Raise giant killer.
1: And what have you overcome or are overcoming?
2: Uh, um, overcome anger, safe hatred, addiction, and the trauma from childhood. Like, I was a really angry child when I was young, very bitterness, but I think I'm the most joyful person can compete with Steve. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh,
1: competition. So you said anger, self-hatred,
2: and what else? Addiction and trauma.
1: And trauma. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right, so as you prayed for Bethel, Atlanta, what did you hear?
2: Yeah, and so the verse I have is Matthew 514, that Bethel, Atlanta, you are the light of the world. A tongue on the hill cannot be hidden. I saw you as a poor, as a transformation church. He is one of the most transformation leaders in the Bible, and one of his key leadership is empowerment. So this is the church created the empowerment of a God, like the culture of a Godness and culture of empowerment, that you lead people To more joyful than you ever think. And I see there's people are coming in and out in the prayer house. Maybe there's a prayer house meeting going on with a revolution coming soon. It's happening. It's happening. And what's gonna
1: happen through that prayer house?
2: The prayer house is gonna take People to understand the medication on the word of God lead to manifestation in his presence and young people gonna be raised up and sent out to the nation.
1: Wow, wow, wow. You guys receive that. Give it up for these three. I wanna just give away a couple more books and then we'll turn it over to to Blake. Wow, so thankful. They're gonna be at the ministry school tomorrow night and Tuesday, looking forward to that. This is uh, my latest book, Igniting Hope in 40 Days. It's a 40-day uh, devotional journey. Uh, it's a life changer. Um, Blake, can you give it to the guy uh, in row three, sitting next to the aisle with blue shirt? Uh, row three. Right there, yep. Yep. M. What, what yep, let me oh, hang on just 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 yeah. <laughs> like just try to not get overly excited <laughs> all right, and what's your name Joshua hey, uh Joshua, uh, I hear first uh, Corinthians chapter two is going to explode in your spirit uh you're a man who pulls down on earth as it is in heaven, that revelation, you pull down what's in heaven on earth. There's a whole new gift of faith coming upon you. And even things you've gone through are turning together for good. So you have compassion for people at such a high level. And you're, you're, you are also very key in this hour. So bless you. And then this is a book. We got two versions of this, volume one, volume two. Let's just laugh at that for kids. And it's a devotional, ages six through ten, ideally. But I, I, I get things out of this book. It's illustrated. Like the first lie in this version, let's just laugh at it. Is this? It's not fair. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is this is a fun one. Um, anybody ages six through ten got a, a, a child you want to say? Um, got grandchild? Anybody have a child? Yep. Okay, so we're looking. I see somebody right there, row four. Yes, she's got her hand up. And what's the girl's name who's got her hand up? Nora? Yeah, hey, Nora, I hear you're a modern day Ruth. The Book of Ruth's gonna speak into your life. Uh, You are a leader of leaders. And you have a brilliant mind. I see business and ministry on you, Nora. And thank you so much for your love for Jesus. It inspires us. All right. Amen. Blake.
0: Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.